dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. And what a great day it is. Coming up to the 4th of July weekend, there is an amazing announcement to make, which is that you can get a 30-pack of beer, very popular beer, for $8.99. Now, isn't that a terrific development? It has everything to do with politics. What a beer can you get for $8.99 for 30 brewskis? Uh, we will reveal that information after we talk a little bit about how the Supreme Court of the United States has uh, just completed a 48-hour period where they have changed America for the better. And I've got to tell you, I, um, I've been talking about that here in the studio. I'm in at work today. And uh, talking to uh, other other folks, and it's difficult not to smile because some of the decisions made today are just so emphatically and obviously right and just and beautifully argued. We're going to be speaking a little bit later to one of the leading conservative uh, legal scholars in the world. And his name is John Yu. He is a former high official of the Justice Department. And uh, he says that what has happened here with some of these court decisions we're going to talk about is the correction of some grievous errors of the past. Uh, we'll be talking to John Yu about that. And speaking about grievous errors, I, um, I, I was sent this a section of a brand new CBS News poll. And it's fascinating because what it shows is a <laughs> a contradiction in the way that Americans feel about race-based affirmative action. Uh, how does it do that? Well, they ask a question. Uh, should colleges be allowed to consider race in admissions? It's a pretty direct question. Should colleges be allowed to consider race in admissions? Well, the Constitution's already answered that question because equal protection of the laws, regardless of race, that's the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. Should colleges be allowed to consider race and admissions? 70% say not allowed. No. Forget about it. 30% think that uh, the ra uh, race in admission should be considered. So it's overwhelming in the United States, and, and many of the polls that have been taken in the past show a majority of black people, a majority of Latino people, also don't believe that it's right to use race-based preferences. But then they have another question in the same poll. It's a CBS News poll from YouGov, and it was taken uh, in June 14th to 17th, 2023, before this decision came down from the Supreme Court. And uh, they ask another question. Should affirmative action programs be continued or abolished? And that same public that thinks that race should not be allowed to be considered in admissions, 53% think that affirmative action programs should be continued, and only 47% think they should be abolished. What does that mean? It means that they're responding to language. And this is one of the reasons I think it's more appropriate to 
look carefully at the language and talk about race preferences because that's what the court found to be illegal. How did uh, the New York Times describe what uh, had happened in uh, the uh, uh, United States because of the Supreme Court? Big, huge, full-page headline, uh, Justices Gut College Affirmative Action. That term gut... Uh, you could have used the term. You could have used the term forbid, or prohibit, but God, that makes it sound like a, a Jack the Ripper with a knife, you know, coming in and cutting out your intestines. Uh, justices gut college affirmative action, and then they have um, underneath it a contentious decision, and then uh, to the left side of the page. Admissions could be even more subjective. Uh, and uh, then it says a conservative court redefining U.S. president assails six to three ruling. Okay, today the big ruling that is very controversial is uh, one from Colorado. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful majority opinion written by Neil Gorsuch great appointment to the Supreme Court and a great American. He's also from Colorado, by the way. And uh, the way it's covered on CNN, the Supreme Court Friday, today, ruled in favor of a Christian web designer in Colorado who refuses to create websites to celebrate same-sex weddings out of religious objections. The 6-3 to three decision was penned by Justice Neil Gorsuch and joined by Justice uh, Chief Justice John Roberts and Justices Samuel Alito, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas. Uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor penned a dissent, joined by her liberal colleagues Elena Kagan and Ketanji Brown-Jackson. The uh, court's decision represents a devastating blow to LGBTQ pr protections, which have in recent years been bolstered by landmark decisions at the nation's highest court. How is this a devastating blow? The ruling, rooted in free speech grounds, will pierce state public accommodation laws for those businesses who sell so-called expressive goods or services. It is the latest victory for religious conservatives at the high court and will alarm critics who fear the current court is setting its sights on overturning the 2015 marriage case. But well, by the way, no one is setting sights on overturning the protections uh, for availability of contraception or for same-sex marriage or for interracial marriage. This is just a typical liberal alarmist a fraud, frankly, to say that these are the next rights to go. Neil Gorsuch wrote, the First Amendment envisions the United States as a rich and complex place where all persons are free to think and speak as they wish, not as the government's demand. All manner of speech, he writes, from pictures, films, paintings, drawings, and engravings to oral utterance and the printed word qualify for the First Amendment's protections. No less can hold true when it comes to speech like Ms. Smith's conveyed over the Internet. In other words, she designed web designs. And this is one of those things. Uh, Rockstar Greg Tomlin, who I was talking to about this this morning when I came in, 
Uh, he made a, uh, I thought, a very good hypothetical. Imagine that there had been a uh, a gay person who's designing websites. And somebody comes in and says, I want you to design a website for me that quotes all the negative things in the Bible about homosexuals and uh, and or homosexuality. And the uh, the gay web designer says, I know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't believe that. That's not something that I want to do. I don't want to design a website that goes against my deepest commitments. And of course, he should have the right to do that. And the uh, in dissent, Sotomayor said the uh, decision will undermine the government's compelling interest in ensuring that all Americans have equal access to the public marketplace. Quote, today the court for the first time in its history grants a business open to the public a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class. No, she's wrong. It's not members of a protected class. There is proof that this web designer had served homosexual clients. What she hadn't done is serve homosexual messages to compel people to send messages that they don't believe in is tyranny, isn't it? 1-800-955-1776. Coming up, John Yu, uh, professor of law and more. The Michael Medved Show. MichaelMedved.com The other big decision that was made today that is actually going to save taxpayers if the decision holds up, and it has every reason to believe that it will, this is the Supreme Court of the United States. And again, this is not a one-vote margin. These are six-to-three decisions, and this is another six-to-three decision to rule out what uh, clearly was unconstitutional, and you could see this coming, and he knew it was unconstitutional, it was President Biden's uh, program to buy votes, which is what it is, and to buy votes using taxpayer money by forgiving uh, student uh, loans that had been taken out legally and uh, really need to be paid. Why do they need to be paid? Because one of the ideas of justice and one of the ideas of a just legal system is that it's fair. And fairness means, well, not that everybody looks the same or thinks the same or has the same level of athletic ability or the same level of intellectual ability or any of that. But what it means is that people need to be treated the same way. And to say to... Um, all those of us who have paid off our student loans, including people who are fairly recent university graduates who have paid off student loans, tough luck, you were a sucker, you paid what you had obligated to pay, but other people, uh, because we want to buy votes in an election coming up, we're going to give them 20 grand. Eh, just hand them 20 grand. I, uh, what sense does that make? You're not giving it simply to people who are needy. 
And by the way, people who have a college degree, people who use the student loans, especially to get into very competitive colleges and universities, uh, the, they have an advantage anyway. So what you're trying to do here is to do favors for the rich and privileged, for people who are that minority of Americans with college degrees. And by the way, it's even worse if you're paying off student loans for people who don't complete college degrees. Well, what sense does that make? Because if you go to college for a year or two and then quit, uh, you still owe the money that you borrowed to go to college, but that money hasn't done you any good. Why should the government subsidize that? What sense does that make? It is outrageous. Uh, you speaking of uh, outrageous, uh, all of this, of course, has provoked some uh, extremely uh, intemperate reactions. Uh, and, uh, uh, for instance, uh, what you can hear is uh, from Ilhan Omar, the congress lady from uh, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and uh, she has a comment on the various decisions by the Supreme Court, including, of course, the affirmative action decision, the racial preferences decision yesterday. Here is Ilhan Omar, clip 14. What it means, uh, you know, if you take all of these cases together, if you think about all the grievances that are brought about the, the Trump election, what you're seeing is severe backlash in, in the sense that people do not want to see black and brown people um, excel in, in this country. And I think it's a, a, a really something that is unfortunate that we have to pay attention to and allowing the, the, the courts to legitimize and license discrimination in this kind of way um, really makes our, our country not the country that we want it to be. Okay, this is outrageous. License discrimination? Uh, the uh, One of the points that... Um, that Chief Justice Roberts made in his decision uh, in the case uh, concerning Harvard University is that eliminating racial discrimination means eliminating all of it. And this goes with a previous decision that uh, Justice Roberts had written where he said uh, the only way to get rid of racial discrimination is to stop discriminating by race it's, it's so clear it's 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 beautiful to see it there's by the way terrific editorial today and in the wall street journal and what's fascinating here is that if you read the wall street journal on this subject and then you also read the new york times on this subject it's like a different universe i, I mean it's just shocking a Wall Street Journal says in their editorial today, the Supreme Court had one of its finest hours on Thursday, yesterday, as it reaffirmed in logical but forceful fashion the bedrock American principle of equality under the law. In barring the use of race in college admissions, a six-judge uh, justice majority took a giant step back from the racial balkanization that risks becoming set in institutional stone. The two cases at issue were brought against Harvard, 
a private institution, and the Public University of North Carolina by Students for Fair Admissions. They each used race to favor some applicants at the expense of others, most often at the expense of Asian Americans. In his majority opinion, Chief Justice John Roberts unequivocally declares their admissions processes to be unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment. Uh, clear? Seems clear to me. And uh, President Biden? Uh, <laughs> well, shockingly, not, not so clear on this issue. Uh, the president sat down for an interview on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace. Right now, his entire thought is how he can use this situation politically. Here's what Biden said to Nicole Wallace, clip one. You said this court is not normal. What did you mean? What I meant by that is it's done more to unravel basic rights and basic decisions than any court in recent history. And uh, that's what I meant by not normal. It's, it's, it's gone out of its way to... I mean, for example, take a look at overruling Roe v. Wade. Take a look at what the decision today. Take a look at how it's uh, how it's ruled on a number of issues that are have been precedent for 50, 60 years sometimes. And that's what I meant by not normal. And 70% of the American public in that uh, YouGov uh, CBS News poll that I just said to you, believes that, it, yes, that race should not be used as a basis for uh, college admission. I, I mean, it, when you, you talk about giving people special consideration when they're poor, when uh, they are underprivileged, when they've grown up in difficult circumstances, that is both constitutional and it's legitimate. And there's nothing at all in the court's decision that would prevent that kind of consideration. But if it's based just on skin color, on race, that's against the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court uh, has corrected a grievous error, so says Professor uh, John Yu. Coming up on the Medved Show. More of Michael Medved in a moment. And on the Michael Medved Show, it is always a distinct honor and a pleasure to welcome to the show Professor John Yu, who is the Emanuel S. Heller Professor of Law at University of California at Berkeley and uh, also a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and a visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. In other words, he has very little spare time. But he found time to write a marvelous new book, which is indispensable. It's called The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Supreme Court. It's part of that Politically Incorrect Guide series. That spells out Politically Incorrect Guides, pig. Uh, that's um, uh, available now. And he also has a terrific commentary in National Review just published uh, under the heading The Supreme Court Corrects a Grievous error uh professor you thank you for joining us what's the grievous error that has now been corrected uh the use of race by colleges and universities when they make admissions decisions and 
it actually ties into the title of the book because you couldn't imagine a more politically incorrect thing that the Supreme Court could have done than rejecting this whole racial diversity theory. And so one thing the court said, and this is a bigger picture way to think of what the court did, actually. So the court said the Constitution has been, is and has been colorblind. And they trace the history from the Declaration of Independence to the Civil War and Reconstruction and the Civil Rights Movement and Brown versus Board of Education. It said throughout our history, that's the basic principle. We're individuals. We're not to be treated as a member of racial groups. And then, of course, said every time we've deviated from that simple and clear rule, we have wrought great, great harm on the country. Dred Scott saying slavery could go into the territories. Plessy versus Ferguson, which upheld segregation in the Jim Crow South. And now the courts are allowing colleges and universities to use race when they pick who gets into their classes and on the basis of this ill-conceived and unproven theory of racial diversity. And so I'm proud of the court, actually, in a way, because it stood up to criticism and pressure of all kinds from uh, the elites in the universities and in the Biden administration and media and Hollywood pushing on it to uphold affirmative action. Well, uh, what I thought was so brilliant and important about your piece was um, you you point out that they cut an exception. The court in previous decisions said, no, no, you can't discriminate by race when it comes to serving food in a restaurant or where it comes to uh, do, creating a website for someone. Uh, you, but you can discriminate all you want when it comes to college admission. And that exception makes very little sense. Let me ask you something else quickly about uh, <laughs> some, some questions of sense. The uh, Justice Sotomayor... And this is her dissent in the Colorado case today, where a uh, website designer wanted to have control over expressive content that she was being asked to create and to say there are certain things she doesn't want to promote or create. In any event, uh, Sotomayor says, by issuing this new license to discriminate in a case brought by a company, that seeks to deny same-sex couples the full and equal enjoyment of its services, the immediate symbolic effect of this decision is to mark gays and lesbians for second-class status. Uh, your response, Professor Yu? I deeply disagree with her point of view, and I think the majority opinion effectively answered it. And, and it's what you said, it's expressive. This... Uh, Defendant, the woman who was making websites for weddings, um, the court says she's not selling some, you know, like Tide detergent at the Target. What she's doing is she's making something that's expressive. She's more like an artist, a writer, a speaker, a radio show host, <laughs> a podcast host. It's expressive content. And so what the court says is it's a long held principle of our Bill of Rights, that the government can't force you to speak. And he, I think Justice Gorsuch, who wrote the majority opinion, he had this excellent hypothetical. He said, if the government can force you to make websites for gay marriages, even though you don't believe in gay marriage because of your religious beliefs or your first, you know, your free speech beliefs, could the government also force 
Michael Medved to have certain guests on? Could the government force Michael Medved to ask certain questions of the guests, even if you disagree with them? And he said, the answer is so obviously no, that that means that we have to protect the right of the website designer here, too. He he writes, and again, I, I love the clarity of it. The First Amendment envisions the United States as a rich and complex place, writes Justice Gorsuch, where all persons are free to think and speak as they wish, not as the government demands. And uh, again, that gets to the essence of the case. Uh, and finally, the other big case that was decided today, the, uh, the uh, fact that uh, w the President of the United States in Article 2 of the Constitution does not have the right to forgive loans that other people took out and that made and were meant to pay. He just can't do that on his own. Uh, do you think that President Biden is going to have a successful time trying to overcome the court decision and go forward and cancel uh, literally billions of dollars of student loans? He should stop trying. And, and you might, maybe one could be cynical and say he didn't even think he was ever going to win, but he made this political pitch right before the midterm elections last year. And so he got his political point out of it. But the interesting thing about the case is it's almost, it's unquestioned that by both sides, I think, in this opinion, the Constitution gives the power of the purse solely to Congress. Congress makes decisions whether to spend money, whether to collect the money. Even Biden tried to say, well, I have this power under this law from 2003 that allows me to suspend loan payments for people who go off to war zones. Yeah, yeah. And he said, that allows me to cancel the debts entirely, too. And the court says, look, first of all, that word cancel is not in the law. It just says suspend, you know, wait until the war's over, till your payments resume. And then the second thing it said, the court said, and this is the more important point is, we're not going to let you read an elephant into a mouse hole. We're not going to say, oh, Congress, without being clear about it, would have given President Biden the right to basically to spend 400 to 900 billion dollars. And uh, again, right now, supposedly the Democrats are licking their chops because this will build up on resentment. They'll already might be there because of the Dobbs decision. Uh, do you do you think that this is going to do lasting damage? These controversial decisions to the status and acceptance of the authority of the Supreme Court of the United States? I mean, we're leaving what I think I know about to where I think what you know much more than me, which is the politics of it. But uh, unlike Dobbs last year, which, you know, was somewhat unpopular with a large percentage of the population, you look at the polls right now, they show almost two-thirds of the country doesn't want the government to use race in dealing with the citizenry. I think also you see the loan forgiveness program is extremely unpopular because it's really distributing wealth from the poor to the middle class and the upper class. So I, I don't think you're going to see this kind of backlash against the court when they're doing things which actually the majority of American people find very popular and common sense. Uh, John Yu, it is always a pleasure to speak to you again. People should take a look at his book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Supreme Court.
uh, affirmative action, First Amendment, and big tech uh, to receive end-of-term SCOTUS rulings. Well, they have. Uh, we will get to more about what that means and how immediate history fed into it. Coming up on the Medved Show. The President of the United States has uh, just uh, <laughs> sent out a quick reaction uh, to the Supreme Court shootdown today of President Biden's plan to single-handedly, with, uh, without any authorization by Congress. And, and Congress, as Professor Hugh was pointing out, Congress controls the purse. You cannot spend money without congressional approval. And uh, there was a talk of spending a great deal of money, approaching a trillion dollars for student loan forgiveness without any congressional approval. So um, the, the president should hardly be surprised that uh, the Supreme Court struck down that program today might be very nice for the people getting the 20 grand that is forgiven of money that you owe but it's not fair it's not constitutional uh and it's not authorized by the congress of the united states and uh, president biden says in response unthinkable this fight isn't over i'll have more to announce when i address the nation this afternoon uh, by the way, when President Biden addresses the nation this afternoon, if he does, I'm not sure that he'll keep that promise. Um, we will go to him because I think this is important. Uh, the president uh, said of student loan cancellation, which he was asked about in 2021, right after he became president. He was uh, appearing at a CNN town hall. And he said this, he said, I don't think I have the authority to do it by signing with a pen. Okay, so when did he lose that enlightened position? He was right about that. And by the way, I'll tell you, somebody else who's right about that, and somebody who's running against Biden, on the Democratic side of things, that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he actually gets credit for sending out the tweet of the day. Turn the page now to the Internet. I mean, wow, what a great, smart tweet. Change his password so he no longer has access to his Twitter feed. Did you send the tweet? I did not send that tweet. My system was hacked. I was pranked. Donald Trump hasn't tweeted at us once, and I'm starting to get worried about him. So we have a new tweet. All right. Can I do the honors? Stand by. Tweet alert. Okay, the tweet from RFK Jr. says, President Biden knew his plan wouldn't survive a legal challenge. Of course he did. His plan gave the appearance of action while accomplishing nothing. This is an issue of grave importance to our country. As president, I will galvanize public support to pressure Congress to put down their partisan positions and legislate meaningful relief to the tens of millions of Americans who are drowning in student debt. Uh, okay, 
Uh, look, the idea that that is going to happen, at least you can say this about RFK Jr. He's talking about persuading Congress. He's talking about doing it the right way. The uh, Supreme Court wouldn't step in if there was congressional authorization. But you can't do it just by the stroke of a pen. You know who else said that? The Supreme Court of the United States actually cited Nancy Pelosi in their ruling against Biden's student loan handout. Uh, what did she said? He, this is uh, the Speaker of the House or the former Speaker of the House back in July of 2021. Uh, listen. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would have to be an act of Congress. Okay, Nancy Pelosi is right. You know the old saying that even a stopped clock is right uh, twice a day. Uh, she's certainly right about this. And and Biden was right before, too. And so what is he going to say? I mean, I, we, we know he's going to attack the court. He said just, um, I believe it was in his conversation with Nicole Wallace, he was asked about the whole idea of court packing. Is he going to get back at the Supreme Court by uh, pushing for Congress to authorize uh, th like three more justices that uh, um, that uh, Biden would have the right to appoint because uh, you'd then have a 12-member Supreme Court and it would be, quote, putting more balance on the court. He made it clear he thought that was a bad idea that that was not something he was going to. And uh, I, I thought that that was actually important. We were talking before about this profound article by uh, Professor Yu, who uh, was just with us. And his, his piece begins under the heading, The Supreme Court Corrects a Grievous Error. In every area of life, the Constitution... On, and federal civil rights laws forbid the government from using race in making decisions. That is a profound and important sentence. Let me read that one more time. Because it's, it's so important for this to sink in. In every area of life, the Constitution and federal civil rights laws forbid the government from using race in making decisions. Government cannot use race to distribute government funds. By the way, this pertains to the idea of reparations, of course. The government cannot use race to distribute government funds that we're going to give black people or Latino people more than we give to Asian people or white people. You can't do that. Uh, you can't use race to distribute government funds, to provide benefits, to deploy police to run prisons or hospitals, or even to protect the nation's security through racial profiling. Can't do it. But the court carved out one area from this fundamental colorblind principle. In Grutter versus Bollinger, 2003, the Supreme Court created a special exception for admissions to colleges and universities. A majority in Grutter accepted the claim that colleges could use racial diversity 
as a proxy for intellectual diversity, which relies upon the stereotyping assumption that a student's mindset depends on his or her race. Uh, and again, that goes directly to point. There, there's a, um, a long piece in the New York Times by Jerome Carabell, who's a professor of uh, emeritus of sociology at the University of California, Berkeley. And uh, he recalls some of the past law cases that, uh, including the Bollinger case that was just mentioned here, Grutter versus Bollinger, but um, they goes back all the way to the Bakke case, where at the time the medical school reserved 16 spots a year for minority students. They were reserved. And four justices of the court upheld uh, that quota, arguing that we cannot let colorblindness become myopia which masks the reality that many created equal have been treated within our lifetimes as inferior, both by the law and by their fellow citizens. It concluded that government, which in this case meant a publicly funded university, may take race into account when it acts not to demean or insult any racial group, but to remedy disadvantages cast on minorities by past racial prejudice. The four more conservative justices disagreed vigorously citing Title VI of the Civil Rights Act to argue that race cannot be the basis of excluding anyone from participation in a federally funded program, and that the University of California Davis program violated the law because it excluded Bakke from participation in its program of medical education because of his race. Uh, this is profound and it is so important. And uh, again, we will continue to put this in perspective. We'll be watching out for the president making a, some kind of big announcement of trying to bring back uh, his uh, student loan forgiveness plan from uh, the dead to which it has been consigned. It's dead and buried. Uh, and then we'll also find out what is it about uh, political correctness and wokeness that has actually produced a very welcome result, which is the ability to get a 30-pack of beer in time for the 4th of July for just $8.99. That's incredibly cheap for beer. That's cheaper than water. We will get to that and to much more, all kinds of miracles, in this greatest nation on God's green earth.